Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Hello and welcome back to Just Pod Baby. I am your host, Evan Grote, and I hope that everyone out there had a very Merry Christmas and, and Happy Holidays last week. I hope that Raiders loss on Christmas Eve did not spoil your time with your loved ones too much on Christmas Eve. Just Pod Baby, of course, is part of the SportsNot.com podcast network. We do have a lot to unpack this week on the show, but before we get to that, football aside, I got to share this with you guys because I'm not sure what kind of national news it made. It was a very eventful Christmas and Christmas Eve uh, for the Grote family and anyone else living in the Buffalo area. And really, it was a period of time between Friday morning until Monday evening. Now, I'm sure a lot of you know that the country, most of the country, was dealing with with cold temperatures. And the Buffalo area especially was, was hit hard by this blizzard that came through. It was just constant for about 48 hours and with you know, lake effect snow, heavy, heavy snow, temperatures in the in the low teens, it was very, very cold. And then you had the 50 to 60 mile per hour winds that were coming through and, you know, made the actual temperature outside feel, you know, several, several de- uh, degrees below zero, zero visibility on the roads, zero. I mean, there were driving bans in effect here um, in the county that I live in. And, and people were stranded. And people were stranded in on these main highways on the New York State Thruway uh, near the Buffalo area, stuck in their cars overnight for days. People were not able to get home to their loved ones and family to celebrate Christmas. Thousands of people without power. It, it really was a difficult situation for us here in Buffalo and a scary situation uh, on top of that. Now, we were very fortunate. Uh, we did lose power on Friday morning around 8.30, but we were only without power for about eight hours. Uh, I was able to get my hands on a generator. It took a lot for me to get that generator, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but it, w- it was a very different Christmas uh, this year for people in Western New York, and, and we're, we're, we're now you know digging ourselves out of this blizzard. Uh, roads are now clear. Driving ban is, uh, is, is ended, and, and things are kind of going back to normal here, but Wanted to give you that update because I wasn't sure, you know, what the national news coverage was on that storm, but a very, very uh, white Christmas to say the least here uh, for me. But of course, we are here to talk about the Raiders and, you know, I don't know, it's been kind of a slow news week, right? Not not much to talk about this week uh, involving the Raiders. Just kidding, right? <laughs> the Raiders were right back in the news on Wednesday after... Um, you know, there's been a lot of speculation here following the, the loss to the Steelers, which we're not really going to get into that much here this week. The Raiders are back in the news for all of the wrong reasons once again. And, and you know it by now, Derek Carr has been benched. He and the team have decided that it was best that he steps away from the team 
right now uh, for the remaining two games. And with that, you know, it signals the Derek Carr era with the Raiders coming to an end. Now, that is going to be the main focus of the show. How could it not be? I mean, I know some of you are probably tired of hearing about it right now. I know that there is a game to be played on Sunday versus the 49ers, but this is a huge story right now, and we are going to stay with it here for the entirety of the show. Um, No guests, just you and I. In segment two, we will discuss the fallout from Derek Carr being benched, what it means for Devontae Adams. There's a lot of speculation out there right now on what Hill, what his feelings will be um, next season with the Raiders. Will Derek Carr continue to play or will he retire like he has said he would? That's going to affect their ability to trade him should he decide to uh, retire. He does have that trade clause in there, of course, as well. And also, I want to get into what are some of the best options out there right now to uh, to replace Derek Carr. Um, so those are some of the topics that we will get into after the break in segment number two. So lots of Derek Carr for you this week. Let's get right into it now. You know, I spent a lot of time in the last uh, 24 hours you know, talking and, and debating with, with fans uh, on, on Twitter. And from what I gathered, now this is for the most part, Many people out there, even the car supporters, not all of them, but a lot of them that I spoke to, they're okay with the move. They aren't, they don't necessarily love the idea of it, but they, they kind of are starting to come around to the idea of, you know, understanding why it had to happen. And remember, I said, this is for the most part, there, there is still a very large portion of the fan base out there who I spoke to, who are very, very much against the decision But generally speaking, I think that most people do understand that the relationship with Derek Carr uh, had run its course uh, with the team. Um, And I don't mean relationship as far as like there was a fracture in the relationship. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, after nine years, it's, you know, the relationship kind of, they both need to kind of go their own ways. And, And I think for the most part, people do understand that. But the biggest issue right now that I'm seeing is that people are upset with the way it was handled. And, and and that's something that we're going to talk a lot about here now in the first segment of the show. I'm sure by now you've had the chance to read the story by Vic Tafer of The Athletic, where he gave us some inside information uh, of how some of this went down. And, and he went all the way back to the interview process when Mark Davis was looking to replace John Gruden, or I should say Rich Passaccia, the interim coach at the time. And during that interview process, he he put Ken Hirock, uh, who was a former executive with the team, he put him in charge of, of that whole interview process along with several other people. And according to what Vic had to say in his, his latest story is that that Raiders brass didn't necessarily speak too highly of Derek Carr. And, and you know, I can see why that would make a lot of Raider fans upset. I mean, you're talking about a guy, the Derek Carr, who had been with the team eight years, uh, very, very loyal to the organization, um, had spoke many times about how he would rather retire than play for anybody else, gave it his all, was loved this organization. And then for the, the brass to be speaking poorly of him, um, you know, that, that kind of puts them in, in a bad light, I, I, I think. 
Um, so I, I do I do see why some of the fans are upset with that. Vic also told us that it was Mark Davis who who seemed to have soured on Derek Carr, and that he left the decision when he did finally hire Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler as as the head coach and general manager. He left it up to them to decide what to do with Derek Carr going forward for the 22 uh, season. And then, as we know, they offered him the contract extension. But I I think we all had to have seen this coming because we all knew, at least I did, and I'm sure many of you did as well, knew that the Raiders always had that ability to get out of that contract after the 22 season. It was something that was talked about a lot. Only $5 million in dead cap space. So... In the back of your mind, you, you you always had to at least known that this was a possibility, that he essentially was was kind of on a tryout, like a prove-it year, with the new regime. Now, it does sound like this call, this decision to bench car came down from the top. It came down from Mark Davis, according to what Vic had to say. It's not necessarily what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler wanted. In fact, Vic talks about in his story that he felt that they were ready to move forward with him as the starting quarterback next year. And that's where he believes Mark Davis stepped in. And so, you know, ultimately that was the decision that was made. Now, I see a lot of people out there crushing Josh McDaniels for various reasons, but, you know, if you're going on what Vic had to say in his report, it does sound like this move came down from the top. But getting back to my my original point about the fans not being happy with the way this was all handled or, or how Carr was treated in the end. There seems to be a lot of gray area right now based on what I'm seeing in regards to whether or not Carr himself asked permission to leave the team for the remaining parts of the season or if it was a decision that was something that was brought up from the organization, if it was the Raiders' idea. And again, I can only go on what was what is being reported. And according to Jeff Howe, uh, who I did try to get on the show this evening, but he was a little too busy, couldn't, couldn't help me out. Um, he's an NFL insider from The Athletic. And his tweet, just reading it word for word, says, Carr was given permission by the team to step away in order to not be a distraction. So just the the way I read that and the way he worded it, it makes me think that Carr asked for permission and was granted that permission. Now, perhaps, perhaps I'm looking at that wrong. Perhaps you could say that maybe the Raiders offered him, you know, offered him to leave the team and then gave him permission. So, you know, I think we're really splitting hairs here at this point. Um, but it does sound as if they they both mutually agreed upon it. And I'm not really going to get into, you know, why Carr decided to, to step away from the team. Was it him? Was it them? Um, you know, I, I, I assumed based on what I knew about Derek Carr, what we all know about Derek Carr, he's a classy guy. I assumed he would remain with the team, but for whatever reason... He isn't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get on him for that. Um, some people are, and that's fine. But I'm. I'm just not going to do that. And, and so, you know, this is where the debate begins. You know, some feel that this situation was handled poorly, and others like myself, I disagree with that. 
I don't believe that the situation was was handled poorly. So I'm going to give you some of my thoughts as to why I believe that. And at first, what I want to say is most of you already know where I stand with Derek Carr. I mean, I've I've had my mind made up with him uh, for about three seasons now. You know, I, I would have been fine with this move happening a couple of years ago, honestly. You know, I've said it over and over and over. I never felt that he was a consistent enough quarterback. There were times where he would look like an elite quarterback. He would make throws that would have your jaw dropped. I mean, just beautiful passes. He threw a couple this year. I mean, I think about the the pass to uh, Keelan Cole against the Patriots. That, that touchdown in the fourth quarter of the game, that was a beautiful pass. And he's made several of those, tons of them, throughout his career. But then, the very next game, you know, he would come out and look lost. Look like a rookie or a first or second, you know, a second or third year quarterback. He would throw an interception like the one he threw against the Rams a couple weeks ago. And you just sit there and you think to yourself, what is, what is he thinking? You know, what is he doing? These are not the plays that you see from a nine-year veteran in the NFL. So in the end, for me, it was all about a lack of consistent high-level play. And and I think that is why the debate is always there. It's why he's so polarizing is because he would show signs of being a great quarterback. But he'd also have too many games where he played poorly and didn't, you know, over overcome cold weather or some injuries or whatever, whatever it may be. And and, and that is why I have always said I don't think he was he, he ever was a top ten quarterback. He had moments of, of, of ten top ten quarterback, but was never able to consistently put it together for a full season, in my opinion. I always thought he fell in that twelve to fifteen range just an average quarterback who occasionally could play above that. But anyhow, you know, this season for me anyways, was, was the final straw, obviously the, the the coaching staff and well, I guess I shouldn't say the coaching staff. I guess the ownership feels that the same way that it was the final straw, you know, all of the talent that he was given to work with this year. And it, and it just, it all fell apart. And then I know there were injuries to Darren Waller and Renfro. I know the offensive line had issues in pass protection. And at times, the head coach struggled with his his game management. And, and the, the the play calling was, was too vanilla, especially with leads. I get all of that. And all of those things are, are major factors in the disappointment that was the Raiders this year. But you also can't overlook the interceptions. He had some really, really bad interceptions this year in key moments. I already talked about that one against the Rams before half. The red zone struggles, again. You can't overlook the inaccuracy this year. Down to 60% completion. His last four games, he's been 55% or less. He's missed a lot of throws this year, and you can't blame that on a bad defense or the play calling of the head coach. That comes down to him executing. His decision-making this year has been questionable, in my opinion. And so I just think 
when you look at the whole body of work, nine years, and the regression that he made this season, I just think the move is justified when you consider the contract as well and the money that he was being paid and the money that he is still due if they are to keep him. And so that's why this is, this in my belief, this came down to being strictly a business decision. It's strictly business. And let's face it, the NFL is a cutthroat business at times. They often lack integrity in ethics. And, you know, that's not at the top of their list. But that's the reality of the NFL. And we all know that as fans. We, we hear about it all the time from the players. When you watch the show Hard Knocks, which I'm sure a lot of you do, you get to see behind the scenes the business side of things, the reality that these are human beings, that this is a career for them. This is a job for them. This isn't just a game. And, and, and it's a business. And so those of you that are upset with how it ended, I would ask you this. What would you have preferred to see happen? I mean, does he deserve a parade? And I'm being, you know, I'm being sarcastic. A, a video montage before the game? I mean, I, I put this out there on Twitter uh, this week. Some of you act as if Derek Carr won two MVPs, three Super Bowls for this organization. We're talking about a quarterback who, yes, he was beloved by the organization because he's a great human being. I understand all of that. But he had a below 500 record. The organization was not successful with him as the quarterback. So I just don't know exactly what it is that some of you felt that he deserved. I I actually, you know, some people have said they thought he deserved to to suit up one more time at Allegiant Stadium. I I just disagree with that. You, You have to understand the business side of this. The fact of the matter is that if he was to get hurt, $33 million the Raiders are on the hook for. Guaranteed contract next year. That becomes fully guaranteed if he's hurt. And so for a quarterback that it appears, at least at the moment, they're not interested in bringing back for next year, you can't make that move. You can't run him out there with the risk of him getting injured. That You just absolutely cannot do that. Now, the only thing I will say is this. If I had to say that one thing could have been done differently, it would be to allow him to address that team one more time. Because from what I heard from Josh Jacobs when he was interviewed on on Wednesday after the team found out about it, he was in the locker room, he was asked. And from what he said, the the team showed up to a meeting and and Derek Carr wasn't there. And and they kind of began to put two and two together and then you know, they were informed of the news. So Derek Carr was not given that opportunity to, you know, say goodbye to his teammates. Um, and, and so that does sting a little bit, um, you know, as a human being. Uh, but but to say that he was a victim in all of this, you know, and that he deserves better, I, I disagree. And, and that might not be popular thought with you guys out there, but that's just kind of how I see it. You know, Carr was given nine years with this organization 
He lived a, a, a dream. He was a Raider fan. He loves this organization. He made a lot of money from the Raiders organization, over $150 million. Twice he signed new contracts with the team. And in that nine years, several coaches, head coaches, coordinators, defensive coordinators, general managers, everybody was fired or let go at some point. The rosters, there was turnover multiple times. And the one constant in all of that was Derek Carr. He was never, he was never booted. He was never, he was always spared regardless of his play and regardless of his role in some of the, the failure of that organization. Now, the good, our good friend of the show, Mo Moten, tweeted this out this week and I, and I thought it was very important that I share it with you. You know, he said, you, you can't be the victim or the scapegoat when you were also a part of the problem. And make no mistake about it, in my opinion, he was definitely part of the problem. He was not the problem, but he was part of the problem for the last nine years. Bad defenses, coaching carousels, bad draft picks, you name it, he had to deal with all of it. But this year was a prove-it year for him. There was a new regime in town. They surrounded him with talent on offense. He had the best supporting cast of his career, and he regressed. He did not show the ability to overcome injuries to Waller and Renfro, even though he still had Adams and Jacobs, who leads the NFL in rushing. He wasn't over to, uh, uh, able to overcome a bad defense. And that defense has played much better in the last six games. They're only allowing 18 points a game right now. He was not over to, uh, able to overcome those things. And the offense has struggled to score points down the stretch. The most important part of the year, they struggled. And he played his worst. Six touchdowns and seven interceptions, I believe, in the last four or five games, I believe it is. You can double check me on that. He just wasn't able to win him, win enough. And, and in this league, it's about wins. And it's about quarterback play. You either have one or you don't. And I'll end, I'll end the segment with this. I've talked about this many times before, and I'm going to continue to say it. The NFL is a quarterback-driven league. It always has been. It always will be. And yes, I know it's a team game. You have to have a well-rounded team, but you have to have the quarterback. You are not going anywhere without consistent, competent quarterback play. That is the reason they are the highest-paid players on the field. That is why, because they're the most important player on the team. And if you don't have one that is above average, you will not win on a consistent basis in this league. And that's what the Raiders are now in search of. It may not happen this offseason. It may not happen the next offseason. Things could certainly get worse before they get better. But the first step in that process was to move on from Derek Carr. And you cannot be afraid to take that risk. You cannot be committed to mediocrity, to just being average. This organization is about the commitment to excellence. And we have not seen that recently. 
I hope that it changes. And with the season coming up, uh, the end of the season coming up here, the season's coming to a close, soon we're going to move into what will be a very, very highly anticipated offseason with a ton of pressure on the front office to show us what the plan is. Who will be the new quarterback? What's the vision for the future? And some of you do not trust this regime with that task, but we have to. This is all we have right now. now how are they going to address some of the needs on this roster to make this team competitive in 2023? That's what we have to look forward to and look ahead to here in the next few months ahead. All right, guys, that's enough from me right now uh, for segment one. Let's get to a quick break. And when I return, we're going to discuss the fallout from Derek Carr being benched. Does Devontae Adams want to remain in Las Vegas? Also, what is the Raiders' plan to replace Derek Carr? All of that and more coming up after this break. This is Just Pod Baby brought to you by SportsNot.com. Welcome back, everybody. Just Pod Baby, segment number two. I'm your host, Evan Grote. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast, please. I'm going to make sure you're doing that so you don't miss out on any of the new episodes. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a busy offseason. I'm going to keep you keep you up to date with everything that's going on. So make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast. Also, go out there and give me a follow on Twitter, at egrote 5 I've been very active on Twitter the last couple of days. I'm off this week. You know, I'm a school teacher, so I've been off. So I've, I've had a lot of time to spend on Twitter, probably a little too much time on Twitter. But we are back here uh, on the show, segment number two. And, um, you know, we're going to get into some other topics, you know, the fallout from this this decision to bench Derek Carr right now. And there's a lot of things that are being speculated right now. And the first one that you know, I want to get into is, is the storyline with Devonte Adams. You know, we all know he is Derek Carr's close, close friend. And, you know, he did an interview from the locker room on Wednesday and he, and he said, you know, I, the, the reason I am here, one of the reasons I am here is because of Derek Carr. I would not be here without him. We all know that he also wanted to be a little bit closer to home. He's, he grew up on the West Coast. He grew up a Raiders fan. So there's there's a couple factors involved in Devontae Adams being a Raider, but none you know, bigger than the fact that Derek Carr is here. So, of course, everyone begins to say, well, now that Carr is most likely going to be gone, you know, will that make Devontae Adams unhappy? And, and I just don't see it. I, I have to be honest with you. I know he's probably very upset right now. Um, he's into legacy and he's into breaking records and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, what might be crossing his mind right now is, can I do those things with a rookie quarterback? And so the, the, the deciding factor for him will be who the Raiders decide to bring in. Um, and that's something we just don't know right now, but I, but that, put aside for a second, I just don't see Devonte Adams after what he went through, how it kind of ended in green Bay. Um, unhappy with, I guess maybe a lack of respect, unsure about the future of Aaron Rodgers. got traded to the Raiders. I, I cannot picture him demanding a trade. I just, I really don't see it. I know he's, he, he's, don't get me wrong. He sounded unhappy in those interviews, but I think once the emotion of that 
passes. I think he will, again, depending on who they bring in, um, he may come around to the idea. Now, he, he you got to keep this in mind as well. He, it wasn't like he played the last five years with Derek Carr. You know, he's played eight years of his career without Derek Carr. He, he They had an opportunity to live out that dream, something that they talked about a lot while they're at Fresno State, is someday being able to play together. They were able to do that. You know, he he he's he he signed a contract with the Raiders. They paid him handsomely. I believe he's the highest paid wide receiver in football. And so at the end of the day, I don't think he'll be a problem. And, and I hope he's not because he's an absolute he's a great player. Um they can't afford to lose him. You know, depending on what they decide to do with Josh Jacobs next year, Devontae Adams is going to be the centerpiece of this offense. So you know, I wanted to get some thoughts out there on that. In my opinion, Devontae Adams remains with the Raiders for the foreseeable future. Now, the other fallout from, from the decision is what's going to happen with Derek Carr? Now, he's still a Raider, okay? So we're going to continue to talk about him, although he's not going to be active for the remaining two games. But, you know, all signs point to his career with the Raiders being over. So, do they cut him, right, to save the, the $33 million? Do they try to trade him? Will he waive the no-trade clause? Will he retire? There's there's uh, there's three different scenarios the way this could all play out. Um, I will try to address them all. The first one I'm going to get to is the retirement. I know he has said many times that he would rather retire than play for any other team than the Raiders. And I, I, I think that that's partly the truth. I think when he has time to sit back and think about this, the competitor that he is, he's not going to want to go out like this. I mean, how could you? How could any competitor want his career to end on these terms? Doesn't he want to end it on his on his own terms? I know I would. You know, so I just can't imagine Derek Carr walking away from the game in this fashion. I really don't. And I think once he's had time to, you know, collect his thoughts, you know, he's going to want to prove to people that the Raiders were wrong. And, and so that's why I believe that they will eventually find a trade partner for him. I don't think they cut him. I really don't. Um, I, I think they will eventually find someone to take him on in a trade I'm not going to begin to get into compensation and whatnot. You know, at, at first thought, I thought a second rounder uh, plus other picks, later round picks, would be something that he would bring back in return. But I'm not going to get speculate about that too much. But I do believe Derek Carr will play in 2023, and I do believe he will waive that no trade clause because um, you know he wants to have a little bit of say. Um, into where he goes. Although, although if he really wanted to play hardball, he could refuse to waive that no trade clause and then force the Raiders to release him. And then he can still sign with whoever he wants, even a team that was willing to trade for him. So really the ball is in Derek Carr's court that, that no trade clause could come back to haunt the Raiders. Uh, but either way, you know, if they are to cut him, they still benefit from the huge cap savings that they're going to have from him. So uh, anyhow, that'll be an interesting uh, storyline to follow here in the next couple of weeks. And then 
the final fallout from this all is, you know, who's going to replace Derek Carr? Who who was playing quarterback for the Raiders in 2023 and possibly beyond? Now, we're just going to get it right out of the way right now. Tom Brady is going to be the name that you're going to hear about all the time, unless Brady should come out and say that he's retiring. You know, he could squash all of this um, speculation about coming to the Raiders if after the season, let's say they don't make the playoffs, or even if they do make the playoffs, once his season is finished, um, although I did see reports that he's going to take his time before making that decision this time around. But, you know, if he does decide to play again, I believe, and I tweeted this out on Thursday, at this point in time, I think he makes the most sense. Because there's no way that Josh McDaniels is going to risk his coaching career on a rookie. I I just don't see that. Or a bridge quarterback like, I don't know, Baker Mayfield. I, I just can't see McDaniels and Ziegler willing to take that risk. So they are absolutely going to bring in somebody and that that is familiar with the system whether that's Tom Brady who I think you know I know he's 46 years old I know he has had probably one of the worst year of his career and many people don't believe it's an upgrade I do I believe even at the age of 46 coming off one of his worst seasons I believe he is still an upgrade to Derek Carr solely because he could still throw the ball I mean I've watched him a few times that offense he could still move that ball and he knows the system better than Carr. So right there, I, I think he's an upgrade. If anything, it's it's an even, you know, it's a wash. They're they're even, even if if anything. You know, you're hearing Jimmy Garoppolo's name thrown around a lot. I, I'd rather they don't go the Jimmy Garoppolo route personally, just because I'm not necessarily sure that's an upgrade. And I'm not so sure that financially you know, what, what's he going to cost? I mean, 20 something million. So I just don't know if that's the direction to go. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew's name's being thrown out there. I think he's a, a serviceable guy. If you needed him for a year, Jacoby Brissett's name's being tossed out there. I'd rather they don't go in that direction either. You know, Baker Mayfield, he, he actually looks pretty good right now. And he has the, the pedigree. I mean, he, the guy is a former number one overall pick and I know that it has not worked out. Um, with with some of these other teams or the Browns, but um, again, I, I I think when it comes down to it, McDaniel's and Ziegler are going to want to hitch their wagon to somebody that has some um, familiarity in that system, and that leads me to my next point here. If they are to trade for a quarterback, and I'm not sure how the logistics of this would work out. I know you keep hearing about Aaron Rodgers, but our guy Mo Moten made a lot of sense the other day on, on, on Silver and Black with, with him and Scott Gilbranson. They talked about this. He mentioned Mac Jones. And I know that is not a popular thought out there. I know a lot of you do not like Mac Jones. He's also had a, a down year. But I think Mac Jones makes a ton of sense. If it's not Tom Brady, I would love to see Mac Jones. Now, again, I don't know how the logistics of a trade would work out. What it would take to get him here probably would be a first-round pick. You know, he is a first-round pick, only uh, you know uh, two years removed. But he knows the system, and when you look back at the success he had in his rookie year with McDaniels, you have that has to at least excite you a little bit. 
They were very good in the red zone. I remember talking about it when they when they hired McDaniels that the the Patriots red zone offense was was very good. I thought that was going to translate to the Raiders. It did not. But I think Mac Jones would be a good fit for the Raiders. He's still under that rookie contract. He can he is somebody that you can win now with. He could step right in next year and win games for this Raiders team and make them very very competitive. You know, depending on what they do with the weapons around him, I mean, I don't know if Jacobs will be back. Who knows about Waller? There's speculation that maybe he could be up for a trade as well. But if they keep all those weapons, they bring in a Mac Jones. I think you can win now with him. He, he he would be in year three, still under that rookie contract. And not only are you competitive now, but you may have your quarterback for the future. So to me, when Mo talked about that, I thought it made a ton of sense. And I know he's got a bad reputation right now, maybe a little bit of a dirty player, maybe a bit of a a whiner. When I look at that, I think about Tom Brady. Now, I'm not comparing Mac Jones and Tom Brady, don't get me wrong. There's only one Tom Brady. But Mac Jones is feisty. He's fiery. He's not afraid to get in your face. He's not afraid to to you know speak up. And and he shows some emotion out there. And I kind of like that. I I, I do. I kind of like that. Um, I think he's got some leadership qualities. And so, uh, you know, something to think about. Uh, I, I, I do think, again, would the Patriots even be willing to move on from him? Because then who's playing quarterback for them? Would they be willing to take Derek Carr? I don't know. So, um, you know, that that may never happen, but it's just something that I thought made a lot of sense. There's There's tons of different ways this could go, but that is going to be the big question is who's playing quarterback for this team? Um as far as rookie quarterbacks go, I, I told you my thoughts on that. I just don't see them wanting to go in that direction with a rookie. If anything, you bring in a veteran, a bridge quarterback, you draft a rookie, depending on where they their draft selection is, which right now I believe they're picking in the ninth slot or eighth slot. If they should lose these next two games, that could probably bump them up, in, you know, top five, top six, maybe. And, and then you're you're kind of in the running there for for one of those top three quarterbacks, whether it's Bryce Young who will probably go number one overall, but then you got CJ Stroud and you've got Will Levis. I mean, you know, I'm not totally sold on on Stroud just because Ohio State quarterbacks generally aren't that successful in the NFL from what we've seen in the past. Will Levis, I actually watched him quite a bit this year because he was a guy that I, I wanted to get a look at. Um, and I was a little bit underwhelmed with him. I know he had some injuries that he dealt with, but, um, you know, you can see there's some something there to work with, but I, I do think he's more of a project. Um, so, you know, I, I just don't know. There's a lot of ways this could all work out and that we're going to have a lot of time to, to discuss it all here in the next couple of months. As always, please let me know what you think. Love to get your thoughts on all of this. Let me know what you think about the decision to move on from Derek Carr. Let me, th- let me know what you think about Devonte Adams. Um, all of this, who, who replaces Derek Carr. Let me know your thoughts. Reach out to me on Twitter, DM, you know that. You can also get at me at the uh, contact page over at the website, justpodbaby.com. All right, Raider Nation, that is going to do it for the show this week. And keep in mind, there's a football game on Sunday. We didn't even talk about it. There's so much other stuff to talk about. We did not even talk about the matchup with the 49ers and the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. The 49ers are coming to town and they're bringing that number one defense with them. It could get ugly. It really could. Who knows? I don't want to count them out yet, but uh, Jarrett Stidham making his first start of the season. Morale low 
with the Raiders, you'd, you'd have to believe that. The coaches kind of throwing you in the towel. How do the players respond to that? That'll be interesting to see. But despite all the drama going on with the team, try to try to cherish these last couple games and enjoy it because there's only two games left and it's a long off season and you know, we all love football and when it when it, when the Raiders football isn't on, on Sundays, we miss it. So whether it's good football or bad football, try to enjoy it. Try to enjoy it. And I also want to wish everyone out there a happy new year. Be safe out there, everybody. Take care of yourselves. We'll be back again next week with a brand new show. And as always, just win, baby.